live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that ever refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for March 23rd in the year of our Lord 2020. And this is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America, That's our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers is one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. We'll talk about that a lot today. And understand that we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Yes, indeed. Last week, we were live six days. Folks, on the Sabbath, we rest. Thank heavens for that rest day, that day of worship, that special day, a day of delight, if you will. Uh, what a blessing that is in this turmoil-ridden times we seem to be facing these days. It is perilous times, that's for sure. But let's not have fear. Let's have faith in the Almighty God, knowing that He is in charge and He loves us. It's up to us to turn to Him and keep His commandments, though. And hey, blessings are what He has in store for us if we're willing to participate. All right, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Two incredible guests, two hours of hard-hitting talk, candid presentation, to say the least. All right, last Saturday, two days ago, headline says, Sam takes off the gloves. Governments are going way too far regarding the coronavirus. And you'd say, wait a minute, Sam, they're not. People are getting sicker. I get it. I get it. I know people are getting sicker. I know the virus is spreading like wildfire. I know every time we update a number, it's already antiquated and out of date. I get all that. But the crisis of the day does not justify the violation of people's rights, ladies and gentlemen. They're going too far. So I'm going to take off the gloves. We're going to lay this out very openly and candidly before you folks. And I've held off on this because you know what? I've given them the benefit of the doubt, and I've been patient long enough. I'm not a medical professional. I'm a talk show host. But I am a constitutional expert, and I'm telling you right now, they're going too far. They don't have authority to go this far. We'll get into that. Poor President Trump means well, but he's being drugged along by the establishment of the swamp. Yeah, the swamp river is so strong, most folks cannot swim against the current and survive. We can and we will because it's the right thing to do. For example, I asked on Saturday's broadcast, in addition to taking off the gloves saying government's going way too far, my question to you is this. Would you rather get the coronavirus or lose your job or both? I think it's a fair question. Would you rather get the coronavirus, lose your job, or both? And the reason I'm saying we're going too far on this is because we're literally shutting down the whole world's economy. And since I'm a nationalist, according to the Constitution, not a a globalist, I am saying, you know what? I want to protect the American economy. I'm not so interested in the world economy, although I care. I care about each country. I hope each country has a great economy. But for the United States where I live, my home country, I want a great economy. And I don't want a great economy where everybody's just spending and getting and spending and getting and spending and getting and invested in the stock market and getting rich economy. I want an economy in that you can meet the needs of your family and not starve and not depend on government handouts for your substance. Uh, We're going to get into that, because would you rather have your job 
and get the coronavirus or lose your job and not get the coronavirus? Well, those are two choices, but there's a third choice, which is keep your job and not get the coronavirus. Or the fourth choice would be to lose your job and get the coronavirus, right? Those are the four options. I don't know that it can be any other. And if we're not careful, what we're going to do is have government literally forge a socialism like you've never seen before. We're already a very socialist country, if you haven't noticed. But I'm telling you, it's going to be put on steroids. They're going to literally trash the economy. And then government with their fake printing presses are going to change the game and print so much money. You think we've had false prosperity to date? Oh, yes, we have. But it's nothing compared to what you'll see. They're talking about a $2 trillion bailout spending package on top of billions they've already spent. And we're just getting started, folks. It is the redistribution of wealth like you have never seen before. It is socialism on flat-out steroids. It is crazy town. And we got to stand against it because it's a bridge too far. If you believe a government can take care of you, you're wrong. Government only produces the wealth that individuals create. Government has nothing else and can only rely on that individualistic creation of wealth to then steal and redistribute. It is wrong. It's got to stop. Everybody's calling for it except for true constitutionalists. I digress. We have the gun psychiatrist on the second hour with me on Saturday. And we talked about the coronavirus update. I won't even give you the numbers because they're so out of date it doesn't even matter. Stay-at-home orders spread as the U.S. death toll passes 200 New York Times. One in five Americans will soon be required to stay indoors as New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Illinois join California in restricting citizens' access to normal services. They say the COVID-19 virus causes mild or moderate symptoms in most people. But if you're an elderly person, if you're a smoker, if you've got an underlying condition, it can get bad and even cause death, they say. I get it. I get it. I think it's a serious issue. I'm not minimizing that issue one iota. The good news is it's confirmed the United States government says we have no immediate plans to restrict restrict. Domestic travel. So far, that's good news, but how long will that last? The government, meaning the United States government, and Canada closed Canadian border to, quote, non-essential travel. At Trump's direction, we're moving tax day from April 15th to July 15th. There'll be no penalties and interest. The Department of Education is temporarily suspending, waiving all interest on federally held student loans. And uh, they say reducing, well, they say federal lenders can suspend or delay the payments for 60 days. Those things are, you know, good because they're already socialist in nature, right? Tax day is unconstitutional. Student loans are unconstitutional as all get out. See what I mean? We're just manipulating the unconstitutionality. I guess it's not as onerous of unconstitutionality as all. But now they say they're talking about direct payments to each adult American $2,400 or $1,200 each. And they say $2,400 per family, but some are talking about a lot more than that, including $500 per child, etc. Starbucks closing its cafes across the country. They say you'll still be able to drive up and get a coffee, just not go inside. Utah's governor has done something right. That's good news. There was don't gather in large groups recommendations, and then there became penalties for that, fines, etc. 
The governor of Utah has backed off on the fines and said, look, we're not going to fine anybody. We just need you guys really to cooperate. Then last night, a bunch of missionaries, in other words, preachers for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, came home because they're all being brought home from foreign nations to their own countries. And in that, a bunch of people gathered to welcome home the missionaries. And the governor and lieutenant governor of Utah said, shame on you. Don't behave that way. It's too dangerous. And I agree with that. It is dangerous and shouldn't be done in large crowds, but by choice, not by government mandate, edict, fine, jail, not by force. Government has no authority to force. You could say, wait a minute, they got plenty of latitude in national emergency time. Uh, Yeah, but how much of a national emergency do we have versus how much authority do they have to crack down? There's a hole you can drive a truck through on that one, folks. I won't even talk about the Utah cases because listen to this. On Saturday, Utah had 78 confirmed cases. Today, it's already 136, two days later. And there was no deaths on Saturday. There's one death now. They say the person that had a death is over 60, male, and underlying conditions, exactly the profile that we have seen. Bloomberg, believe it or not, spent more than $900 million on trying to get into the White House over a 100-day period. Man, just imagine if we had that private sector billion that could go to taking care of people in the coronavirus voluntarily by real charity, not government force. All right, there you have that. We also talked about the update on the right to keep and bear arms uh, with um, the gun psychiatrist. And we talked about how they're using this to take away your guns. They're using this to create lockdowns. I mean, it is out of control, folks. Right, without further ado, Kirk Crosby's with me. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Buenos dias. Uh, greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. You're very welcome. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org with us. Welcome to the broadcast, my friend. Oh, thank you, gentlemen. Good to be with you. All right, we got sad news. Senator Rand Paul tests positive for the coronavirus. They say he's feeling fine. He's in quarantine. Joe Kovacs. Do you want to respond to that, Lowell? Well, I think that um, just like the measles and the mumps when we were kids, um, when the neighbors got them, guess where we went to play? We went to play with the neighbors. <clears throat> and so our bodies could develop a natural immunity. So let's be clear. The goal wasn't really to get sick, but we knew what it took to create natural immunity. And the sooner you got that, the younger, within reason, you got that, the better your ability to develop the appropriate antibodies and weather it, right? Exactly. And so it's very similar to this virus here. Viruses will always mutate. There will always be new viruses popping up here and there. That's how they survive. And it's essential for our bodies to come up in contact with these viruses so that they can identify, so that your immune system can identify the virus, develop antibodies to defend itself against it, and thereby provide lifelong immunity to that virus. So hats off to him. Hats off to anybody else who contacts the virus because that's just what we do. That's part of life. It's just one of myriad coronaviruses. It's another variant of all these coronaviruses, 25% of which make up all, all of the, the, the sick people with flu. If you're sick with flu, chances are you have some sort of a coronavirus. All right. One of the big concerns for Rand Paul, <clears throat> he's not super old, but he did lose part of his lung because of the attack that he experienced last year. We'll talk about that and then Romney and Lee from Utah in seconds. 
as a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Liberty is not free. Its costs are innumerable. Without monetary funding, the valiant efforts of freedom-loving Americans become diminished or outright defeated. We present a solution, the Give Me Liberty Fund. The plan is quite simple. Invite individual Americans to contribute less than a dollar a day. These monetary funds are used to promote liberty-minded media, organizations, events, candidates, movements, and speakers. In the spirit of transparency, all expenditures are published. Patriotic business owners provide discounted products and services to Give Me Liberty Fund members. Our greatest strength is in numbers. Go to GiveMeLibertyFund.com and become part of the solution today. GiveMeLibertyFund.com. Participate in the peaceful restoration of the greatest and freest country in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Kurt Crosby, Lowell Nelson, and now Dr. Scott Bradley enters the roundtable. Welcome, Scott. Well, good morning to you all. All right, we have so much to talk about, so little time. So Rand Paul got the coronavirus. And normally I would agree with Lowell that, you know what, it's no big deal. Uh, Most people survive just fine. It's probably not even as uh, problematic as the flu. I know that's in contrast to what's being said to us right now. But the evidence and the rhetoric are completely different. We'll talk about that more as well. Uh, But look, Rand Paul lost part of his lung and was very sick last year alone and is still recovering from the abuse that he took uh, from a a, a liberal whacked-out neighbor that literally attacked him and gave him some serious health problems. I'm concerned about that and hope Rand Paul can do well in spite of all that. So our prayers are with Rand Rand has tested positive for the coronavirus. Now, Senator Rand Paul was sitting by Romney and Mike Lee. And Mike Lee and Mitt Romney, both senators from Utah, are in quarantine from the potential exposure to COVID-19. Now, here's what's interesting. They say that Lee doesn't need to be tested for the virus because they don't think he has it. So let me get this straight. Lee and Romney and Rand Paul are hanging out and sitting near each other and stuff like that. But we don't really need to test Mike Lee because the threat is very low. Isn't that interesting in comparison to everything else we're hearing, Lowell? Well, it is, uh, Sam, and it indicates the bias that's being, um, that we're susceptible to this bias because who are the people we're testing? We're testing the people 
who fit a profile, meaning they're older and may have some complicating um, problems of health, health problems. And, and so naturally, you're going to find a greater incidence or a higher rate of infection among that particular test group if instead they sampled the entire population or a random set, a subset of the entire population, then you would actually come up with a true picture, a truer picture of how sensitive the virus is and how many people it potentially will affect. And this is exactly what happened with the Diamond Princess Cruise. Um, if, you, if you look at that closely, there were seven fatalities out of uh, a passenger and crew list of 700. That's one percent a fatality rate of 1%. And, and if you project that, uh, now, now, as you know, most of the people who cruise are the elderly. And so if you project the population of people that were on that cruise, those 700 people, if you project that population onto the age structure of the U.S. population, the death rate among people infected with COVID-19 would be 0.125%, right? That's, that's a, just a, bare, a hair over a tenth of a percent. But, you know, this is extremely thin data, right? Because there's only 700 people you could test. But nevertheless, it is a much truer picture of the overall infection rate of COVID-19 among a general population, randomized population. And, um, and so, so that's why, you know, when you test people in the hospital, you're going to find a higher percentage of them being sick. But if you go out into the general public, say you test the farmers and the rural people who live in rural uh, uh, United States or Arizona or Wyoming, you are going to find such a low incidence rate of infection by any coronavirus, let alone the COVID-19, that it will be almost imperceptible, near zero, Sam. These are the people who are not being tested. It's a serious issue, Scott Bradley, because we're not being told the truth. They're manipulating the way we compare the data. Okay, you got to discuss, you know what, how many people are in a population versus how many people do we actually test versus how many people show positive versus how many deaths we have. And everywhere I look on the Internet, they're not putting all those details uh, in a chart. They're putting how many get tested sometimes. Most of the time, they just say how many positives they have and how many deaths they have. But it makes the numbers look through the stratosphere. And in reality, Dr. Scott Bradley, they're not comparing apples to apples. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm just telling you, they're creating mass hysteria here. Well, as has been said, you never let one of these uh, big disasters go to waste. And, and honestly, it is being manipulated dramatically. I'm looking right now at the World Health Organization statistics themselves, and overwhelmingly, uh, you, you are skewing this by looking only at those that, that are basically most impressionable with this, the very aged, and in fact, that's what we're seeing all over the world. Um, and so there, it's being spun, there's an agenda, there's no question about that, and uh, the the truth in the matter is being withheld, I believe, and I believe that it's being withheld for a purpose. Now, there's, there's probably multiple things that we could talk about about why it's being withheld, but I'm very, very, very concerned about how we have basically implemented martial law in the United States at the national and the state level without any constitutional authorization to do so, and in spite of what some Tenth Amendmenters would say, 
about the state's ability to do that. That does not exist either. And so what's happening is we're implementing a uh, uh, oppressive government, uh, and it's just being accepted because of the fear that people have. And those that want security and place of liberty don't deserve either, as, as uh, Franklin said. So my big concerns is not with the disease, but with the response. And the response is going to ultimately uh, remain with us a long time, and, and we're going to find that these liberties regained are going to be difficult. I mean, for, for example, let's just take for example, if a health crisis can be declared like this and constitutional liberties taken away, what would stop, uh, let's say, one of the three dozen Democratic candidates that's been running for president, and now it's dwindled right down, but there's been many of them that said that firearms are a health crisis. What would be the justification using, oh, it's a health crisis. Oh, my goodness. By executive order, I hereby uh, seize all firearms. Or what if people were finding, oh, my goodness, the religions of this nation are, they're preaching doctrines contrary to this uh, humanist religion we preach in public schools. And so this is contrary. We've got to stop that. And so you lose religious liberties. We're doing the same thing right now for another crisis that they've declared. And and if it's okay to do it for this one, why isn't it okay for the government to say, oh, we're going to provide health care for everybody? And it's like, no, wait, wait, wait. It does not, does not allow that in the Constitution. It doesn't allow what we're doing now in the Constitution. And so what we're doing is, is using fear-mongering to establish a tyranny that diminishes constitutional the God-given rights, and they're doing it at the national, state, and county, and local level. And uh, and again, the uh, the Tenth Amendment, or people use uh, you know the Tenth Amendment as justification for the states to do whatever they darn well please. That's not correct. The correct position is found in in our enabling document, the Declaration of Independence. It says the purpose of government is to secure God-given rights, and and that applies at any level of government. It does not apply only to the national government, and, and you'll read it carefully, you'll find that's the purpose of government. So what's happening is government is being authorized to do things it's not authorized to do, and you can't authorize it. You can't say, oh, by fiat. Dictators do that. All right, I, well, let's I, get into the details and the numbers and the disingenuous reality check that's driving this discussion. The government's driving us into literal hysteria over this, but let's compare apples to apples. Let's compare reality to reality. Okay, the government response to the COVID-19 is way overblown, and I've held my tongue on this for days, giving them the benefit of the doubt, saying if they don't have enough information, let them get their you know feet on the ground, let them get everything squared away and stable, and I've kind of been a little bit silent uh, because I've kind of wanted to give them the opportunity to do the right thing. But the more they crack down, the more I realize they're not doing the right thing. If I have the information, if Lowell and Scott and others, Kurt, have the information, they must have it by now. And at some point, you got to say they're not being genuine, open, and honest about this. So let's start with this doctor that talks about the most glaring claim of all that really highlights uh, the point that we're making here. This isn't just our um, made-up information. These are experts in the field highlighting this. They're just being ignored by the government and the mainstream press. Lol. 
The World Health Organization's own website uh, has this information, and that's what I was studying Saturday and Sunday in preparation for this show. turns out that on their website, they say that the worldwide annual epidemics are these are talking about seasonal flu, okay? The worldwide, uh, they're estimated to be a three to five million cases of severe uh, illness caused by seasonal flu viruses and about 290,000, 650,000 respiratory deaths. All right, let's come back and talk about that with Lowell Nelson in seconds. We'll let him rock and roll because he has a ton of information. Hang tight. Have your pen ready. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. The U.S. Senate worked over the weekend to try to pass a coronavirus-related economic stimulus package, but failed to do so. The trillion-dollar bill not getting enough votes last evening to clear a procedural hurdle, as Democratic leaders have signaled they have concerns about the bill. Republican leader Mitch McConnell. I can understand obstruction when you're trying to achieve something. This obstruction achieves nothing. Democratic leaders claim the bill is giving too much to big corporations and businesses, while it should be giving more to American workers. The measure would provide payments of $1,200 for many Americans, with more for each child in a family. The numbers of confirmed coronavirus infections are still soaring, 335,000 around the world. The United States has over 33,000. This is USA Radio News. Balance of Nature, changing the world one life at a time. Well, the energy is good. You know, you hear the commercials and it sounds you know, pretty hokey, to be perfectly honest. But uh, I used to get tired at early afternoon and now I don't get tired till evening. And I don't get sleepy as early as I used to. And I definitely have more energy. I have fewer aches and pains. I haven't had any colds. It seems to be working, so we'll keep going with it. Don't wait to see what getting over 10 servings of whole fruits and vegetables every day can do for you. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order of fruits and veggies. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. Average gasoline prices across the nation still plummeting. The national average down another 14 cents in a week now stands at $2.08 a gallon, 54 cents lower than a year ago. Here's more from USA Radio's John Clemens. Oil prices continue to be under heavy selling pressure due to the reduction in demand because of the coronavirus. Patrick DeHaan of GasBuddy.com tells us the price at the pump will go even lower. Motorists need not be in any hurry to fill up as the national average will likely plunge another 25 to 40 cents per gallon, likely falling under $2 a gallon in the week ahead. 
while then setting its target on 166 per gallon. That's the lowest level we've seen since 2016. After saying for weeks there would be no change in the Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo this year, Japan's Prime Minister now says the virus may leave them no choice but to have to postpone them. This is USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, back with you live. Sam Bushman, Kurt Crosby, Lowell Nelson, Dr. Scott Bradley with us. All right, they're creating a mass hysteria. Mike Lee and Romney are in quarantine. Senator Rand Paul has the coronavirus. All right, let me give you this headline. I'm definitely going to get it. We all are, says the New Jersey's top health official as she leads the state in the Cronus war. Wow, what a what an extreme statement to make. Newsom, that's California Governor Newsom, threatens martial law as California begins taking over hospitals. The Department of Justice wants to suspend constitutional rights. Yeah, over the corona virus. They say it's emergency, according to Rolling Stone magazine. All right, we're talking about coronavirus hysteria. Uh, the problem is they're starting to push this hysteria to extreme, extreme levels, but the evidence isn't there for that. So uh, we're talking about this doctor from, what, the World Health Organization? Literally highlighting, highlighting the government response to the coronavirus is way overblown. They talk about this uh, in detail. Well, get, back up, rewind a teeny bit, and start with your numbers here, because this is really informative. Thank you, Sam. Um, this is from the World Health Organization's own website. Um, you, uh, you can just go there and, and look up uh, influenza, and you can see the exact same thing that I'm reading, and that is basically they're saying that um, in the world, worldwide, seasonal flu kills about 290,000 to 650,000 people, and that's from a, from a number of 3 to 5 million cases of severe illness, Okay. So there you did. these are confirmed cases of seasonal flu, and they're saying from uh, e, uh, 9 and 2 thirds percent up to 13 percent will die and, and ha- are, are dying every year from the seasonal flu. In other words, let's just take 10 percent because that's a good round number we can talk about. So 10 percent of the people with confirmed cases of the flu die every year. Okay, that's from the from the WHO's own website, World Health Organization. And by the way, those are I mean, big numbers, buddy. Yeah, big numbers. And and, and, uh, and so the mortality rate, uh, as we mentioned, for the seasonal flu is 10%. Okay. Now, now notice that this is uh, 10% of seasonal, uh, of seasonal flu for confirmed cases. Now, Say that again. Seasonal flu, which means it happens every year, for confirmed mm-hmm. cases compared to deaths. Go ahead, sir. Yep, yep, 10%. Now, if you look at the number of estimated cases, which they also provide, then that number drops to 0.1%. In other words, they estimate that there are from 300 million to 500 million people every year that get the flu. But they only confirm, the, only, the number of confirmed cases is only 3 to 5 million. Well, 100 times that many actually get the flu. In other words, there are people like me who... You know, I get a touch of the flu. I I don't go see the doctor. None of my family goes to see the doctor. We simply, we we simply take care of that at home. 
with herbs and and uh, home remedies, right? And the flu goes away in a couple of days. And plenty of sleep good. and plenty of hydration and exercise and fresh air and all that goes with it to natural health healing people. Absolutely. So I'm one of the estimated. I'm 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 me and my family. We're part of the estimated cases, right? Well, so the number that the the media has taken and and publicized is this 0.1%. What they're saying is that the seasonal flu, um, you know, kills uh, 0.1% of the people. Well, that's true if you look at the estimated cases, not the confirmed cases. Now, on the other hand, for the COVID-19 virus, they don't have an estimate because they have not done any sampling of the general population. We don't have the tests available yet, Sam, for them to do that. So they have no idea on a a metric which would describe the number of estimated cases of COVID-19. What they do instead have are the number of confirmed cases, and they're publicizing the number of confirmed cases in the COVID-19 situation against the number of estimated cases in the seasonal flu case. And that's why you get this huge disparity. That's why they're saying, well, you know, confirmed cases, it's up to like two two percent in the United States, four percent globally is the number of fatalities due to COVID nineteen, and they take that that uh, you know two percent or four percent and compare that against the point one percent, which is based on the number of estimated cases and the seasonal flu case. And in other words, we're talking confirmed versus estimated. Yep. Uh, but yep. you're also talking about numbers that are complete meaning every year you have the whole um, matrix in the mix, whereas this, you have a very tiny, 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 tiny manipulated subset in the mix on top of it. Put the two together, and it sounds catastrophic when that's not reality at all. And I credit Ben Swan for uh, making the case, uh, alerting me to this particular. And I listened to his, his uh, YouTube video, by the way. Ben Swan is the one, you know, Truth in Media, is the one that brought this to my attention, and that's what caused me to dive into the numbers myself. I went to the WHO's website and, and dove into these numbers myself and confirmed exactly what Ben Swan is, is and has been telling us on his YouTube video, Truth in Media. And it, it, it's a perfect case. I mean, it demonstrates the, the, the I don't know what you call it, the, the hypocrisy of the lamestream media of, and of the government workers. I mean, if they... If the CDC or if government officials or the so-called journalists had done any homework at all, Sam, at, at, at they would have reported that the COVID-19 mortality rate of 4% is only half as deadly as the seasonal flu mortality rate of 10%. It's crazy, Sam, with these guys. And it, only take, it only took me five minutes to look this up on the Internet. Well, and that's why at first I was very patient because I thought, hey, if they didn't really have this information, if they're just gathering, if things are early and they're just trying to get a handle on it. I was quiet for the first several weeks on this and said, hey, I just reported what was going on. I made a couple of comments about we should take care of this the natural way, sunlight, fresh air, vitamin C, vitamin D, good nutrition, plenty of sleep, some exercise. I I think a little bit of social distancing uh, is in order. Uh, But the more they lock down, And the longer we get from the beginning of this thing, the more I say, hey, they have got to have this information. They know the truth. And when you have doctors like this uh, that you're pointing to at the World Health Organization and other places literally speaking out about this, um, this doctor literally doubles down and says, hey, I would like to see the uh, cases of the flu deaths and the cases of the corona deaths 
uh, with real comparative data, meaning I don't care if you choose confirmed cases or uh, guesstimated cases, uh, but you've got to compare apples to apples and put it up side by side. They're not willing to do that either. <laughs> no, um, and, and, and this Dr. Paul Offit, who is a pediatrician and the director of the Vaccine Education Center at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, uh, this Offit guy, I, I have no love for him, by the way, because he pushes vaccines, and I'm not a fan of vaccines. But it is, is his own word, just in an interview last week, he said, I wish that every week they put up the number of deaths from in, the influenza and the number of deaths from COVID-19, and we would realize that flu is far worse. He says, he goes on, he says, but we do not quarantine and we do not cancel meetings or shut down schools, churches, and synagogues from influenza. I do not understand what the difference is. If these two viruses are likely to cause infection and disease, why are we treating one different from the other? Furthermore, he said, what worries me is that our administration has recommended people go to their doctors and ask to get tested for COVID-19. I think people with mild symptoms are going to their doctors wondering if they have COVID-19. This is going to have a real impact on the American health care system. It'll make it much harder to get resources and harder to help people who really need it. I think we're going to do more harm than good in all this. And I would say that the flu literally and the coronavirus literally affects the same people about the same in terms of, hey, it really attacks the elderly. It attacks those who have underlying health conditions. It attacks smokers. It attacks, okay, but this is no different. The, the, the demographics are the same. Uh, Scott Bradley, what do you say about this? We're finding out they've literally got cooked numbers on this, and they know it. And that's why I'm starting to take off the gloves and challenge this narrative. Well, absolutely. This is an agendized approach to things. Uh, I don't know all the reasons why, uh, but the, but the fact of the matter is, the facts are are being skewed in favor of an agenda. Now, there's a lot of outcome from a lot of things. I mean, for example, let's just take our local health, uh, public health people are suggesting, oh my goodness, with all of this COVID stuff going on, you've got to go out and get your flu shot. First of all, it will not in any way, shape, or form, protect against COVID. Second of all, back in the earlier SARS epidemic and in lab research, they have found that if you get a vaccine, say for the regular everyday run-of-the-mill seasonal flu, it will ruin, not maybe ruin, but it will exacerbate the, the challenges you might face with COVID. So they're, they're doing contradictory things that are going to make the statistics look worse. We're finding our religious liberty is shut down. Uh, we'll talk about I'm, I'm being canceled out of uh, speaking engagements because people are too scared. All right, let's highlight this reality, ladies and gentlemen. The most glaring error is this claim that COVID-19 or corona is way worse than the flu. This is patently false. Let's put up the number of deaths from influenza and COVID-19 versus cases, and let's prove it. Lull and Dr. Bradley back in seconds. Kosher. Certified. Put the two words together to get co-certified, which is spelled with an S-E-H instead of just S-H. It's the right way to spell this, the German way, and it made it easier to trademark. Now, did I tell you that the letters S-C-H still make the shh sound, as in all those American food producers saying shh? 
Let's keep it really quiet that our product is kosher certified. Think about it. Nearly one century of kosher certification, and hardly anyone outside exclusive observers knows that most packaged food and kitchen products are literally certified by religious intermediaries. Well, because you, consumer, are indirectly paying for this, the Kosher Certified app is here to make kosher certification awareness an inclusive matter for people of all faiths and identities. And it even boasts a unique database of products not kosher certified. We call that NKC. Start memeing it. It's fun. NKC. Not kosher certified. Now to confuse our audience even more, we put a question mark at the end of our name. And that really cinched our trademark approval. It relates to the website where you can begin your new shopping behavior. TheKosherQuestion.com Attention Liberty News Radio listeners. Hard-hitting talk radio has never been and never will be supported by the mainstream in America. Hard-hitting talk radio is taking on the mainstream press like never before. News that networks refuse to use is one of the best ways to educate people. We invite all liberty-loving Americans to join with us to restore the principles of our founding fathers and promote God, family, and country in the media and our lives. Please help spread the liberty message with your generous donation. You can go online at libertynewsradio.com right now and make a donation online. Or call 801-756-9133 and make a donation over the phone. That's libertynewsradio.com and 801-756-9133. Make a donation today. So, Dr. Scott Bradley, you were saying uh, that you are convinced this is manufactured. We don't know the reasons, and we also don't know who is um, duped and going along with this because they don't really know better versus those who really understand the truth and they're perpetuating the, the mass hysteria to this, right? You know, I, I think that there's a, uh, they're, they're testing the resolve of Americans to retain their liberty, freedom, independence, all that kind of stuff. I, I believe that this, this is a, a probing, testing of the defenses kind of thing. Um, there, There is literally nothing, literally nothing that I can think of anyway. Maybe you can, but maybe uh, somebody else can. But there is nothing that would be immune from such an approach as this to reduce or remove our, our liberty, our God-given rights, and everything else. Again, why don't we run off to war? Because, oh, my goodness, it's an emergency. We've got to do this. We, you know, I, as president, I am now going to declare war. You know, or, or we're going to take the Second Amendment away. We're going to take well, and we, and we use the term war to say war on drugs, war on the coronavirus. Now we're in the coronavirus war. And what that does is disable the public's response because, by golly, a war is such an emergency. You've got to suspend normal rights and God-given um, truths. And Okay, but this is the lie that we face. The Founding Fathers warned against doing this big time, lol. Well, and, and 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 it turns out that during an emergency is the is the most important time to obey the Constitution, because <clears throat> I don't know. Well, Scott will know which of our founding fathers said this over and over. Maybe may Samuel Adams, but but he said that it's in time of exigency when when tyranny takes root, right? I mean, if you can declare an emergency and then do something extra constitutional some extra-constitutional action, meaning something outside the, the warrant of the Constitution, then that particular action will take root 
and, and it will then serve as a springboard or a precedent for further unconstitutional actions in the future. And so it's during an emergency like this that's the, that it's most critical, most important, to obey the Constitution, not to avoid it, not to work around it uh, like they're doing, Sam. And I think this is really important because the Founding Fathers warned us, whenever they tell you there's a crisis that, that, that uh, requires expediency, you can know that the violation of the Constitution tells you that whatever they're doing is not for genuine purposes. If we obey God and if we obey the Constitution, we can actually provide more protection no matter what the threat is, whether it's physical war or whether it's a war against the coronavirus or whatever else the case may be, Dr. Scott Bradley. The Founding Fathers pointed out the way to safety and stability and liberty. What we've got right now is the absolute opposite. Well, absolutely, and and in fact, uh, uh, it, let's let's just take this idea: of the war on drugs, war on poverty, war on uh, the coronavirus, uh, war on war, whatever you want to call it, and let's just apply this to the statements, like for example, that that Madison has said: um, current apprehension of war, okay, coronavirus, has the same tendency to render the head too large for the body, okay, so it will not be as long stand long. Not will not for long be safe companions of liberty. And then he goes on to say, uh, throughout, well, in, in Europe, the armies kept up under the pretense of defending have enslaved the people. Just, just look how we're applying this right now. And, and that was said during the Constitution Convention. During his later life, he said no nation could preserve its freedom in the midst of continual warfare. We have to have a constant war going on. We never succeed at him anymore. But this war against coronavirus could be equated to that. Now, let's just take an example. For example, back in 1863, uh, Abraham Lincoln suspended habeas corpus. Now, you will note in, in uh, Article 1, Section 9, that habeas corpus is something that can only be suspended under certain conditions. And, th and that is uh, if there's a uh, either rebellion or uh, invasion. Okay. Now, what happened was the habeas corpus was suspended by Lincoln unconstitutionally because Article 1, Section 9 is in the legislative power. Okay, And then what and, they would try to do is they would try to lie and say, well, the coronavirus is an invasion. This virus, this virus has invaded our country, and we've got to do something to stop it. This is where they play games with the words and manipulate um, the true meaning of the Founding Fathers. Okay, well, here's, let's carry this even further, though. Back in 1863... Um, Lincoln suspended it. The Supreme Court said, hold on, hold on, hold on, guys. This, this is a legislative power. You cannot do this. So what did the legislature do? Compliant as they are, even today as well as then, uh, to this whole tyranny thing, they, quote-unquote, delegated to the president the authority to suspend habeas corpus. We can prove every way to Sunday you cannot redelegate an authority uh, that has been delegated to the legislative body they cannot redelegate that. It's held by the people. They delegated it. They will abide by it. But the, the delegated body cannot redelegate it. But, but that's what they did in 1863. So what happens is ever since then, the uh, president has claimed the, the power to suspend habeas corpus. Now, uh, we're going that direction, apparently, if we read some of the things now. But by the way, 
Uh, Grant, in 1871, started exercising the suspension of the habeas corpus. And again, every president has said, no, 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 that's, no, the Congress is, no, they've given it to us as an executive. And so nowadays, they're talking about suspending habeas corpus. What does that mean? They're going to arrest people, put them down, lock them down, and habeas corpus means bring the body to the, for the court. You get to have a hearing to say, should I be, should I be held incarcerated? And the court can look and say, look, the evidence isn't saying that. And, and the habeas corpus suspension, by the way, in the Constitution was intended to be a very brief thing that the legislature instituted in the event of a rebellion or invasion where they could kind of sweep up the rioting people, get it sorted out, and, and then restore the habeas corpus issues. But the way we're looking at it now is an indefinite suspension, an indefinite detention that could happen, and they're talking about doing this, and uh, Attorney General Barr is right at the very forefront of this thing, and he's, you know, at the right hand of President Trump. We are in dire straits, folks. And All right, this- so when they ignore this, Dr. Scott Bradley, when they ignore the statistics and the information that was brought forward by Lowell Nelson, you can clearly see this. This isn't his opinion. He's quoting the WHO website. He's quoting doctors that are saying, hey, put up the coronavirus and the flu side by side. Let's really look, dig into this. Okay, we know they're ignoring the reality and the numbers, but they're getting very tyrannical about how far they go, and they're violating the Constitution. They're talking about suspending people's rights. They're talking about violating a habeas corpus. They're talking about, okay, and it makes you then kind of say, well, if they're going to say war, war, war in relation to this, all right, then the question is, is the coronavirus a bioweapon? Is this really a weapon created? What do you say, Lull? Uh, I think there's ample evidence that it is, Sam. Um, one of the, um, well, I think it's Boyle, is that the name of the gentleman who, who uh, authored the Anti-Bioweapon uh, Act in Congress uh, under the Reagan administration? Um, Boyle's his name, and he's been following this for years, for decades. And uh, his article I found to be just very interesting because he's talking about and naming names of, of, you know, the various laboratories around the world. And, um, for instance, there's, there's a number of these labs in the United States. There's a number in China, several in, you know, all over the place. But what they do is they manufacture, they, they learn how to manufacture the viruses, and then coincidentally, at the very same time, they learn how to manufacture vaccines because they don't want to release a bioweapon for which they have no protection. They only want to be able to release a a bioweapon for which they do have protection. And so these labs all over the world are involved in this very thing. In fact, I think Boyle was talking about $40 billion has been uh, uh, put toward the uh, bioweapons industry here in the United States uh, over the past number of years, employing well over 100,000 people in government who are engaged in the development and the protection against bioweapons. I don't think there's any question, Sam, that, um, that uh, we have bioweapon technology uh, extant in the world today by, by not just the United States but by other countries, China being one of those countries. They develop bioweapons just like we are developing bioweapons, and then they set them, they set them loose, on the public, and 
you know, see to see how effective their bioweapon is. This is there's a big speculation. This is how the the uh, the West Nile virus began in Africa. They just set this weapon. Uh, they they turned it loose on the population there to see what impact it would have. I mean, this is the experimentation. That goes on. And there's Not more and more and more evidence that they knew in advance this was happening and going to go down. Kurt wants to tell you about Senate Intelligence Committee. I guess the chair there had inside knowledge and multiple senators, and we're starting to figure out some congressmen too, Kurt, had advanced knowledge of this. Well, you know, that's typically what happens is the insiders know uh, before others. And in this case, uh, you know, we're talking about these uh, guys who basically, uh, well, they benefit. Uh, the headline reads, Senate Intelligence Committee Chair dumped $1.5 in stock after coronavirus briefings. Uh, and there's uh, more. I mean, you got uh, Feinstein and several others that were, well, you know, their stocks just... Um, amazingly were sold before the real uh, problems and uh, of course there's nothing uh, wrong going on there right so when you find out that they know in advance and dump stocks for financial gain and when you find out that hey they're ignoring the statistics on this and you find out that it's probably a bioweapon well there gets to be some concern about that too ladies and gentlemen okay whose fingerprints are on the coronavirus. WorldNet Daily, Kurt. Do you have the details on this one? Well, I saw that you sent that, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, uh, do you want to break it down yourself? As well, you, it's, you it's a huge article. I can break it down. I just thought you might want to chime yeah, in on this a little that's bit. That's what get... typically happens is, is mass, massive uh, details. but uh, Yeah, but here's I the bottom line. Uh, They're saying whose fingerprints are on it. And if you read this article in detail, I'm just going to summarize really quickly. But this this really highlights Lowell's question, you know, Lowell's point. This is a bioweapon. And when you study this, you find out experts. And we'll get into this uh, in the next hour. We'll start out with this. Um, so be ready to read a couple of points from this article, Kurt. But the summary is this. This is a bioweapon. It might have naturally been created uh, in society, like the flu or whatever. It naturally was, it had its origins. However, then it was manipulated into a bioweapon, and you've got all kinds of countries, fingerprints all over it, primarily the United States and China in bed together. And so this blame game of the United States saying it's the China virus, China saying, oh, that's racist. It's not true. It came out of the army in America, and you guys gave it to us. All this blame game is a waste of time, and the truth is they know, and the fingerprints of a bioweapon are all over this thing, according to WorldNet Daily. So when you say, is this a bioweapon, and you say the governments of the United States and China's fingerprints are all over it, the global elite, and then you say Newsom threatens martial law, and then you say the DOJ wants to spend constitutional rights, then when you say they're ignoring real numbers and promoting mass hysteria, then you say, is it a bioweapon? And then you say, whose fingerprints are all over this thing? You start to build this picture, which we'll dig into next hour, that is shocking. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Sam, Kurt, Lull, the good Dr. Scott Bradley, back in a flash. Hour one in the can. God save the Republic of the United States. <laughs> 